Thanks for tuning in to the Archive, brought to you by the Mail Tribune. I'm Alyssa Corman, and I'll be sharing the news with you from 100 years ago in the splendid city of Medford and Jackson County at large in 1918. This week, the ladies of the Red Cross come up with a new way to raise money. Justice Taylor puts his foot down on speeding autos. And, most exciting, a suspected German spy is apprehended here in this city. Stay tuned! There was a good all-around market at the public market Saturday. The market now opens at 7 a.m. and the people came early and soon had taken away 50 crates of strawberries and much garden produce, as well as a lot of veal and many chicken fryers. The first slogan berries of the season will be on sale at the market next week. Be sure to get there early. Those berries are going to go quick, I'll bet. The ladies of the Red Cross are bending their energies to raise money through a trinket shop and have great hopes of making it a success. The display windows are to be in the gauze room on Main Street, and the lady in charge on the three Red Cross days is prepared to take care of any articles that may be brought in. Odd bits of jewelry, worn thimbles, and silver and gold that have no doubt lain idle for years can, in this way, be made to earn money for the cause, and many people will be able to pick up attractive bargains. While the rains last week were welcome, storms that accompanied it were not so much appreciated as lightning started nine forest fires. Supervisor Rankin of Crater Lake National Forest phoned all around to the rangers in the district last Thursday morning to ascertain how many forest fires were started by lightning strikes during the storms of Wednesday. Nine fires had been reported so far, three in the Prospect region, three in the Applegate district, and a similar number in the Butte Falls region. These fires were all comparatively small ones and were extinguished by the rangers and nearby help they called in to assist. But little damage was actually done. As tourist season begins, there are more people out and about. It's important to remember the law and to drive your auto safely. Or you may be making fast friends with the motorcycle policeman. Two more car drivers were gathered in Friday by Harold McDonald, the deputy sheriff motorcycle cop for speeding on the Pacific Highway. Each was fined $8.60 by Justice Taylor. They were George Nicoy of Lake Creek, who was speeding 37 miles an hour between Talent and Ashland at 10.55 a.m., and N.S. Goodlow of Prospect, who, at 3.30, drove 38 miles an hour between the same points. Beginning with Monday, Justice Taylor said today he would increase the fines administered to automobile speeders. Speeding isn't the only danger when driving. Autoists must be aware at all times. Some may even say that the best thing for it is to expect the unexpected, or at least keep a keen lookout, especially at crossings. As we saw this past Tuesday, June 19th, 1918, when an auto and train smashed together in a crossing with fatal results. 
The coroner's inquest into the Grand Crossing accident of Tuesday afternoon, which resulted in the deaths of Mrs. E.L. Hurd of Hoquiam, Washington, and caused probable fatal injuries to Peter E. Stream, a prominent business and fraternal order man of Hoquiam, and minor injuries to Mrs. E.L. Lord of Hoquiam, will be held Thursday morning at 10.30 o'clock. The engine crew claimed the engine whistle was blown for the crossing, as do some section men who were working nearby. But Mrs. Lord, the only survivor of the auto-touring party, able to talk, and some residents of the neighborhood assert that the whistle was not blown, nor was the engine bell rung. The accident occurred at the one-mile crossing of the Southern Pacific Railroad on the southern outskirts of the city. The auto party consisting of Mrs. Hurd, Mr. Stream, and Mrs. Lord left Hoquiam Sunday morning in Mr. Stream's four-passenger Oldsmobile Roadster for Berkeley, California, for a visit with Mrs. Hurd's daughter. They did not stop in Medford, but through a mistake, got onto King's Highway instead of the Pacific Highway. Learning of this mistake, they started down the road through the Orchard District to the Pacific Highway. As they were approaching the railroad, Mrs. Lord claims Mr. Stream was driving slowly and keeping a sharp lookout, but because of an orchard at the right, none of the party saw the two fast-approaching engines, which were running without cars from Ashland to Medford until just as the auto and engines reached the track at the exact same second. The front engine struck the car in the center. The car wreckage was picked up by the pilot of the engine and carried about 700 feet before the engine could be stopped. Mrs. Hurd and Mr. Stream were caught in the wreckage and were released from it with difficulty by rescuers. Dr. R.J. Conroy was at once summoned and was on the scene within 10 minutes administering first aid. Pearl's ambulance also arrived promptly and the injured persons were rushed to the Sacred Heart Hospital where Mrs. Hurd died several hours later. Mr. Stream is still alive but very low and no hope was held out for his recovery. He has a concussion of the brain, a fractured leg, fractured pelvis, and internal injuries. Mrs. Hurd's injuries consisted of serious internal injuries, a badly lacerated head, and four fractures of one leg. It seems almost a miracle that Mrs. Lord escaped with only bruises, although she is also suffering at the hospital from the shock of the accident. She was in the back seat with the luggage. When the Decker car was dragged along on the engine pilot, her foot was caught in the rear of the wrecked car and she was dragged several hundred feet until at the drainage bridge crossing, it was jarred off and she was finally released. As soon as possible, Mrs. Lord sought out the engineer and upbraided him for not, as she claimed, blowing the whistle or ringing the bell. Mrs. Hurd was the wife of Dr. F.L. Hurd, a well-known dentist of Hoquiam. Dr. Hurd is expected to arrive in the city this evening from Hoquiam. She was a leading member of the Eastern Star Order up in Hoquiam. Mr. Stream, whose death is hourly looked for, is 36 years old, a secretary and treasurer of the East Hoquiam Shingle Company. His parents have passed away, but he has a brother and sister living. For the past 10 years, he has made his home with the Lord family. The Hurd, Lord, and Stream families had been intimate friends for many years. We will continue to follow this tragic investigation in our print edition, 
Check the MT100 column for information as it becomes available. The 1918 tourist season at our beautiful lake is set to open sooner than you might think. The Crater Lake tourist season is close at hand, as evidenced by the fact that Alfred Parkhurst, president of the Crater Lake Company, which has a hotel and other concessions at the Wonder Resort, will arrive in Medford with the hotel and other help from Portland Sunday or Monday. After a short stay here to gather supplies, the party will proceed to the lake and open up the hotel. The party is coming from Portland on several big auto trucks. Will G. Steele, Commissioner of Crater Lake National Park, will leave within a few days for park headquarters and will spend the summer there. Alex Sparrow, supervisor of the park, is expected down from the park in a day or so for supplies as well, and Mr. Steele will probably return with him. Our last story today is quite shocking and of absolute importance. The Van Katz arrest is the most important yet made here. The arrest of H. Van Katz in Medford last week is regarded by the authorities as the most important arrest made in Southern Oregon and one of the most important in the state as a disloyal or espionage suspect since the United States entered the war. Van Katz was quietly taken to Portland on a presidential warrant last Saturday to be arraigned in the United States court. It is understood that his arraignment will not take place for quite a while yet, as the government secret servicemen are running down many angles in his case. Although the authorities are very close-mouthed as to the causes or evidence leading to the arrest of the man, it is known that he is suspected of being directly connected with the German secret service. Van Katz first appeared in the city a little over a week ago, and visited United States Commissioner F. Roy Davis, ostensibly about filing on a tract of railroad grant land. On his first visit, he aroused Mr. Davis's suspicions. Next, Van Katz appeared at the commercial club, where he soon aroused the suspicions of Mrs. Satchwell, the acting secretary. She quietly notified Chief of Police Hitson, who, after questioning the man, placed him under arrest and notified the United States authorities. It is understood that Van Katz, who is about 45 years old, was well-dressed and of genteel and very soft appearance with soft hands, and he claimed he was a native of the Netherlands. He asserted that he was a sawmill laborer and had worked in a mill at Mill City, Oregon under the name of Van, and later worked for two weeks in a mill in Klamath County under the name of Katz. He said he came to Medford from Klamath Falls. As to his claim of being a native of the Netherlands and that he had taken out his first citizenship papers in this country, he was unable to show these first papers or tell where they were. Well, folks, that's all I've got for you this week. Thanks for listening. Remember, these news stories have been brought to you by the Mail Tribune, a weekly series featuring news items that were drawn from the archives of the Mail Tribune from 100 years ago. You can find more stories like this in the MT100 column in the newspaper or online at mailtribune.com. We also have a whole host of other podcasts on a wide variety of topics. Check them out and be sure to follow us. 
We're on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, and YouTube. If you like this podcast or have something you'd like to share with me, let me know in the comments or on Facebook. I'd love to hear from you. Have a swell day and check back next week for more stories from the archive.